Hi, Dr. Kotze, how are you? Yeah, fine, and you? I'm fine. It's Kumachaki at Power FM. Yes. Could we have just a few minutes of your time just to do a pre-recording looking at this uh, second wave in South Africa of COVID-19? Just yeah, to okay. speak about how possible it is that we will definitely get a second wave and what really need, what mistakes need to be corrected um, from the Department of Health and other stakeholders in dealing with it better this time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to ask the question again? Yes. No, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you want me to start? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just go ahead. Just take us through um, this. Uh, the 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 second wave. Is it definitely something that uh, could possibly happen? And what really needs to be done to deal with it better? We saw what happened um, the first time. Um, that uh, it looked like the government was not prepared, there was a lot of corruption, but what really needs to be done better this time? Soma um, is of the opinion that there will most probably, we've got more than a 90% chance for a second wave. Um, already, um, if you look, I'm not, we, I'm not saying we are now going into the second wave, but um, we, we expect... Uh, you know, uh, December and maybe beginning of January um, for this uh, second wave, you know, to, to see the, the, the um, uh, numbers increasing. But if you carefully look, you will see the last two days, we're still having a lot of patients getting um, infected, uh, if you look at the stats. And the last, also the last two days, I've noticed that the death rate is up. Um, it was um, less than 100 now for quite some time, and all of a sudden, um, as I've said, it's only two days, but, but it, there's an increase of numbers. Now, um, in the, when the first wave started, um, South Africa had trouble in uh, containing the, the virus in the outbreak, uh, but it's not uncommon, as you have seen, that a lot of the other countries also struggled with more or less the same type of problems. We were just a bit more luckier that our death rate was less because we have learned some lessons from the other countries um, regarding the treatment of the patients, especially in the ICU. And I think that knowledge helped us a lot. Now, for preparing for the second wave, we know that high-flow nasal oxygen is the most important um, or is more important than uh, mechanical ventilation. So it would be um, of utmost importance for National Department of Health and Provincial Department of Health to make sure that there are enough oxygen ports um, in uh, the, especially the rural areas, rural hospitals and clinics so that if there's a um, spike, that at least um, um, the, the oxygenation of the patient is not compromised, then also um, we need to understand that, uh, I call it the mantra of the four things, the masks and the social distancing, hand washing, and um, the better airflow should be absolutely Adhere to, and we are seeing even now that the some of the hospitals that are relaxing their rules and guidelines regarding this, and it's going to cost us dearly going forward 
because as um, we have seen a lot of healthcare workers and doctors um, was um, affected or were affected, and there's quite uh, a number of doctors that died of COVID. Um, as it is currently today um, for in Pretoria, I'm aware of two um, specialists in ICU. And um, so, so, you know, if we're not going to protect our doctors in the se- and, and the healthcare workers in the second wave, um, I'm afraid that we will have trouble because we do not have a lot of, of healthcare workers, especially doctors, especially specialists. You know, um, we are short um, on, 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 on that numbers and we cannot afford to lose any more doctors. We also saw in, um, after this first wave that there is a lot of um, uh, a sort of... Uh, you know, it's, I, I want to call it PTSD. It is as if the doctors and the nursing staff are tired, you know. Um, and, and I think if you really work with with your COVID-19 patients, especially in ICU, it is emotionally very, very draining. So we need to put um, measurements in place to assist our doctors, especially on the, um, those doctors who work every day with cases and and also you know it's not only that that the patient themselves draining you um, in regarding the treatment but you always have this fear in the background of your own in the back of your mind that you can most pop, you, you know that there's a possibility that you can be a carrier of the virus when you go home and your own people at home uh, might be infected so 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 those are very important things so it's the it's the, the PPE, the guidelines, the post-traumatic stress or the high stress, stressful environment that doctors are working in. All of that needs to be addressed and it must be addressed. Okay, all right. Thank you so much, doctor. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, okay. bye.